everybody is fundamentally the ultimate reality, the self, the deep down basic whatever there is, and you're all that, only you're pretending you're not. Who we are is not this physical body that we're in that is here for a moment and gone. Who we are is this infinite intelligence, and we forget that. The same intelligence that, is, that created this infinite universe that never ends is you. To those of us seeking a way to transform life, to capture fulfillment in every now moment, to redefine our reality to live this life to its fullest, this is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question every single day. Are you living or are you killing time? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. Today, I have the privilege of having uh, my co-pilot for the day, Miss Alexis McClellan. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Great. So Alexis was just on uh, just a few episodes ago, and um, we had discussed actually before she came on for that first episode that uh, we were going to get on here and have some awesome conversations, and she's going to be kind of joining us as a co-pilot. So you guys aren't always just listening to my voice all the time. You have another beacon of knowledge that can kind of break up what sometimes I just start going off on tangents about. But, um, so in talking with Alexis, I was like, so okay, what do you want to do for our first episode? And your answer was... Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, let's do aliens. <laughs> no, but for real, like part of this show, part of what I like to do is like, there's there's just the what ifs about life. Like that's the whole thing about this show. Like, I don't know if any of the stuff I talk about is real. It could all be bullshit. I have no idea. Like, none of us really know, like, what happens after we die? And is all this law of attraction stuff real? And, you know, one of the hugest things out there right now, there's all these talks about, uh, what are they calling them now? UAPs. They're, they're coming up with all sorts of terminology. Yeah. Uh, unidentified aerial phenomena. Oh, is what yeah, that's right. The government's calling it now. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's it, there's just a lot of talks and there's a lot of material that we can talk about. And we've been look, listening to a lot of the same things. Like we've both been diving into Gaia a lot. So, um, yeah, let's dive in. I mean. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited. Well, first off, because you were like you gave me a list of things you're like research the Nazca mummies and so yeah. I was like okay well he must be really into that so I'm curious your thoughts on it because when I was watching on Gaia about the Nazca mummies um it, it it did seem like there was a lot I mean still it seems like although all these scientists and all these doctors were saying yes this is real we have you know done the cat scans we have looked at the bones um there's still this other side that's saying no it's it's a uh, it's fraud yeah I, I, so to set the to set the stage for everybody, so um, this network Gaia is it basically a pay only. If you guys aren't on there, like it's only ten bucks a month. It's unbelievable, but it's an un uh, uncensored uh, network. And I mean, this thing is full of some of the most brilliant doctors and specialists that study in all these fields. They're not just like some you know like finding Bigfoot show where there's like rednecks running out in the woods and be like, oh, that was a squash, you know? Like this is this is like real scientific discoveries, like real documented uh, scientifically backed studies and this whole channel is full of great stuff. Um, so the thing she's talking about is the Nazca mummies. 
and in Nazca, Peru, where the the Nazca lines are, you know, there's all these big long um, runway-looking lines that are in the middle of this plateau in the desert, and there's all these these glyphs, these giant glyphs that are carved into the side of the mountains, and you know, there's one of them that actually looks like a alien-looking being waving up at the sky, which is nuts. Uh, but there's there's like monkeys and spiders, but these things are hundreds of yards, like half a mile wide. Some of these things that they drew like over a thousand years ago. And this guy, a program called was it uh, Uncovering Nazca? I think that's the name of the show. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But basically, these um, these scientists unsco- uncovered these mummies that are three fingered big heads um you know i'll try and like right now i'll try and like superimpose an image from part of the show on the the screen if i could do a screen share i would but i think some of the stuff that's on gaia's might be copyrighted so i don't want to like get in trouble with that stuff but um they have these these skeletons and they're covered in like a white powder and the 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 mummies are based they're not like mummies in the sense you think like egyptian mummies they're not wrapped in anything they're just covered in this like white powdery substance big heads huge eye sockets um only three fingers and they did cat scans on these things and there's no there's no falsification of like the bones um the the skeletal structure doesn't have suture marks like a typical human being would um there's no metal holding these bones together like there's no sign of fraud when they look deep into this entire thing yet like you said like some of the people are still professing that it's fraud like i, I understand but i mean what are, what is your thoughts by after watching that series? Like I've seen it for a while, but like what did you think when you first saw it? Okay, so this came out in 2016 and I remember seeing this on the news or somewhere online and being like, that looks fake. And even when you watch the documentary, it look it does look pretty fake until you know they have I don't know, a handful of people do studies on this, um, these, you know, ETs or who knows what they are. Um, and it was pretty mind-blowing. I mean, I freaking believe it, dude. I believe it all. Um, but what I found the most interesting that, for me, kind of, like, clicked into place was, I think it's called cadmium chloride, which is that white stuff that you're referring to yeah. that pre- preserves the body. Because it's not ne- it's not a mummy because um, they never took out the organs. And right. so they use this uh, preservative. And um, basically what they were saying is this stuff that they process the mummies in are elements that you can't even find in nature. And even to, I'm not a scientist, even to bring those elements together, it would take a a crazy amount of processing. So way back then, what was it, like 1,700 years ago? Yeah. um, There's no possible way. So that kind of just goes to show, like, this is an ET, and it doesn't even look like a human. It has freaking three fingers. Right. And they look like the thing that's carved into the side of the mountain. And, you know, no one knows why those lines are in Peru. So, like, that has been a mystery forever. Like, when they went over those areas with the first um, airplanes and hot air balloons and stuff, like, that's when you can actually see the the scale of some of those, like, runway-looking things. But then all of a sudden you start to discover the the animals that were out there. And then on the side of this mountain they've got this being that looks like one of these things. Um, And I can't completely remember the story about how they came across those things. Did you catch that part? I, it's been a while since I've watched it, but uh, I can't I don't remember, remember how they actually came across them. But um, I know the Peruvian government was like, hush about it. Like they didn't want the study to happen at a certain point. They were like trying to ban people from actually getting in there and right. studying wasn't it further. It, 
was it grave robbers i think so yeah that sounds yeah. familiar and so I think that's why everyone's like, no, this is fraud, because why would this grave robber all of a sudden, like, and I think, um, or Tomb Raider, something like that. I don't remember now. Yeah. Not important. It's real. It's real, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, uh, explain what it would be, though, because the scientists are like, well, the DNA testings come back inconclusive in certain senses, but it's definitely not like a human genome. Um, and then all these other physiological things. It's like, what are these things then? Like, what are they? Like, nothing else explains it. And when you look at them, it literally, it's like a four foot tall. Um, I think one of them might be close to five feet, but they're all like spindly arms, spindly legs. They're all in like a fetal position in their mummification and stuff like that. But there's nothing that show. there's no way that they could make something like that now, but the bones don't even match like humans or any known animals. So they didn't take like parts of an animal and put it together like they have with some skeletons. Like they've claimed little things are like aliens when it's been a monkey or something like that. They've been able to prove it. This can't be proven. So what is right. it, you know? I know, and they're still saying that it could be an indigenous species. I'm like, with three fingers? Like, yeah. how would, no, <laughs> it doesn't I mean, make sense. It's, 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 there's, there's tribes of people who are out there, like, I forgot what the name of this tribe was, but um, there were these really small, like, pygmy, and I don't know if I'm using a really insensitive term, but, like, there was, like, a pygmy group of people they were like literally four feet tall and like i heard something to the effect of that it was actually legal to a certain point to hunt these things because they were more animal ape like than they were actually human but these things looked like a very tribal type person like there's and they discovered these people back in like the late 1800s so it's like wow. in the last 150 years there was like this unknown species of, of human that was very primitive looking i'll have to i'll have to i should have came into this conversation a little more prepared for that one but yeah i don't know we're gonna go on that road but like it totally makes sense but these aren't them this all these mummies that they had they had three fingers and the eye sockets are like massive it looks like the thing that's on your hat like it legit doesn't look human it doesn't that's so wild. You know, okay, just to go off this real quick. So the practitioners um, in Peru, they speculate that these um, Nazca mummies are just large skulled um, gray aliens. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of the grays? Yeah. Okay. So I find this interesting because I wanted to bring up something today, and I really want you to watch this guy episode. And it's basically channeling Bashar. Okay. And it's this man. His name's um, Daryl Ankh. Anka, yeah. Daryl Anka, and he channels this ET on another planet. And what Bashar comes through and says is basically the Greys were this basically a human civilization, and they started becoming so advanced, but they were also ruining their planet. And so they had to pick up and leave their planet, and they found us, a similar human species, on a different dimension. And that's why they came here and started abducting us, so they can start taking our genes and our blood. And, and so Bashar, the ET being channeled, is basically a hybrid of the greys and human species. That's and, wild. And they feel like they're relatives to us. They're, so they're coming here and trying to contact us and um, teach us so they can help us advance as a civilization. That's wild. But so the like, greys... Sorry, ahead. one more thing. The greys were so intellectual and advanced that they lost their emotion. And that's the difference between the greys and humans because they lost their emotions when they were coming here to abduct us. They didn't realize like how traumatic that would be for us because they don't experience the same emotion. Hmm. So that's why it's so scary to us. We're like, what's going on? And uh, 
So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, like anything that's unknown, we're going to look at it like we're going to be terrified of it. Like I've always had that mindset when it comes to like ghosts or anything weird like that. Like if something ever happened around me and I, I've never actually like seen an apparition. I've never seen anything like that. But I'll, t- I'll tell a really quick weird story on a different change of the alien stuff. But um, our dog died uh, about a month and a half ago. 18-year-old dog. Within the first three days of him passing, we would hear nails on the floor or we would hear him drinking out of the water bowl. And this, like, if it was just me that heard it and then no one else in the room, I'd kind of, like, think I'm losing my mind or I'm imagining it. You know, it's like a a hardwired thing. But I would see my, my wife or my son in the room and I would see them, like, like, like turn and I would be like, what'd you just hear? Uh, It sounded like nails getting off of his pillow on the floor and hitting the the wood floor downstairs. I'm like, yeah, I heard it too. And then like the water bowl and my son, even on the way home from the vet, when he got put down, um, my son heard him do the bored deep breath that he would take when someone wasn't paying attention to him. He'd sit on his pillow sometimes and just go (sighs) like, he'd just do this big huff and puff. And my son and my wife heard it in the truck on the ride home from the vet after we he had passed on so like totally believe that stuff like absolutely like the the thing with the unknown though is we're terrified of it right you know and i've always said that's not something to be scared of you have to kind of get past that point because what if that was a, a spirit trying to communicate what if there's this other civilization many of them maybe that are here trying to make contact with us i mean i think it's kind of naive at a certain point to think that we're the only game in town like there's there's <laughs> yeah I, I mean it's it's extremely primitive of us to still continue to think that we're the only ones out there when you consider how freaking big the universe actually is like have you seen any of the new pictures from the james webb telescope that have come out recently no oh my god oh. so i'll put up another picture of it right now but um there's a picture of the james webb telescope and basically uh so th- are you familiar with what it is what the james webb telescope is i somebody was just telling me about this the other day but i'm not super familiar now so basically like the hubble was almost like a giant tube with a mirror like a refracting mirror inside and stuff um, so the Hubble's like the best thing that we had up until this. The James Webb Telescope basically has a bunch of panels that all have to align to make a perfect mirror. And it's like a million miles away from Earth already. So it's far oh, away. It's yeah, close. Yeah. It's, you know, it's away from light interference and everything else. So it takes forever to get these exposures. But they basically took one of the first pictures and it's only a small slice of the sky. It's literally like taking a grain of sand in your finger or a grain of rice. I've heard both, grain of sand or a grain of rice, holding it out at an arm's length. And that's the portion of the sky they took a picture of. And there was literally 100,000 galaxies in that one spot in the sky that they took a picture of. Every one of those galaxies, like these huge spiral ones and everything else, every one of those galaxies has close to a trillion stars. And some of the galaxies in that pictures were massive, like they're way bigger than the Milky Way. So when you look at that picture, it's like, you really think we're the only living intelligent civilization looking at a picture like that and then pondering how much more sky there is you know you've got everything over your head and then twice that much that you can't see on the other side of the planet you think we're the only game in town you're crazy crazy it's so funny like humans we're so egotistical to think like we're the star of the show we're the star of the universe like Which is also funny because when I was listening to this doctor slash researcher, he was even saying, he's like, 
ancient civilizations and even religions have been trying to tell us that we've had visitors on the planet trying to help us and playing a, in a role in our development for so long and like people still don't believe it like it's everywhere yeah it's all over the world like how how can we still not believe they have cave drawings of things that look like grays they have cave drawings that look like the you know there's there's all sorts of species out there that they say are here visiting us like a praying mantis species and right. um, ones that look like sort of an ant there's ones that look like uh, you know blonde tall nordic and stuff i mean all these different species that could be here you never know like what might actually uh, how long they've been coming here for what we might have actually been calling them all along i mean think uh, i'll go back to um what happened in world war ii and i might butcher this story just a little bit but I, a bomber had to make an emergency landing on uh, an island and this tribe that lived on the island had never seen the outside world never seen the modern world and they landed in sort of like a field on this island so they could make emergency repairs they landed and the, the tribes people were all kind of freaked out. They've never seen a plane before. They'd never seen the people in these clothing before. So they started giving these guys the MREs, like the med, the meals, and like kind of gave them some clothes, like gave them shirts and coats and all that kind of stuff to like, hey, we're friends, like here's some gifts. Did their repairs, got the plane back off the ground. Every year, this civilization still isolated to this day, and they will build a plane. It looks like the plane that landed. They'll build it out of like sticks and straw. They'll burn it and try to pray to have the gods come back to give them the gifts that they gave them that time. So, like, what does that sound like? It sounds exactly <laughs> like the stuff that we've done all throughout history, but we put it in the Bible as a um, we put it in the Bible as like a. a a very brief technical difficulty zoom decided to to start a countdown on us that it was going to cut off the episode so we got it settled while i was in the <laughs> middle of talking about the the island of people who were like worshiping the world war ii soldiers like they were gods and i was saying how um the the same things happened in religions like it's happened in ancient stories like they talked about angels and they talked about gods and every culture has those stories and you have to wonder if it, like the whole ancient alien thing you've got to wonder if every one of those stories in antiquity was actually them interpreting something different just like those people did just like 60 years ago so it, it kind of makes you wonder like what people actually saw back then and how long we've been having stories like this it is so interesting i i don't remember i think it was like you know somewhere in europe um, or maybe it was Egypt or, you know, wherever across the world from Africa, um, two places that have never visited each other way back then were having the same exact story of a specific God that they saw. I can't remember. Gosh, that was so long ago when I read about that, but I found that so interesting. And even goes to, in going back to like ancient Egypt, don't you find it? Did you, well, hold on, let me slow down. <laughs> <laughs> I got too excited there. Um, have you seen like in the you know different temples or maybe it is the pyramids how they have the glyphs of like the airplanes and the helicopters yeah. and you know the tanks and um, a spaceship yeah like how I, I it, like there's just so much stuff that we have absolutely no idea but the people who when I'm sure there's going to be some people who listen to this episode or some people who see it because they kind of check out like some of the show from time to time it's like Oh, do you really believe in that stuff? It's like, well, I haven't had any experiences to disprove it, but at this point, the evidence is overwhelming. I say at this point, 
What I'm more suspect of is the fact that now the government's talking about it. And I actually brought this up at work one day to a lady like right across the room from me, uh, right across the her offices, right across from me. And I said something about how it was in the New York Times that a former CIA um, intelligence officer actually talked about the vehicles they had and the quotes that were in the New York Times on the front page were they had recovered and recorded vehicles that were not of this world. And she's like, cut it out. Like she looked at me like I was crazy. The next day she came back and she was like, hey, look that article up. Oh my God, you were right. Like I didn't even see it. It's like people won't believe it until it's on the front page of the paper. But why so much secrecy over the last 60 or 70 years since like the time of Roswell and stuff? Why so much secrecy then and now they're starting to release little bits of information like that makes me extremely suspect well so dr stephen greer who's an, a ufologist he's brilliant which yeah brilliant um he was talking about this and how you know even the cia had uh come to his door and you know manhandled him and basically telling him to stop you know telling people about ce5 and connecting with the aliens and um and what he was saying is they want to stay in control because they know that the ETs are good, and they're of the light, and they're coming here to help us. And if they help us, then these, um, you know, government officials or people even higher up that are hidden above the government, um, they, what am I trying to say? Like, basically, they told them to stop. Like, they're not going to have control anymore. They're not going to have power and control if these other things that are way more advanced than us come around like that's pretty much what he was telling everybody that these guys were, were telling him like they were they were like no you gotta stop what you're doing like you can't do this but then on the same token i listened to one of the the interviews that he did and he talked about how during the clinton era clinton was like all about this when he first got into office like he was going to do a disclosure and he actually started digging into it and basically what him and his cabinet and a lot of the people on his team figured out was like this did go way up like it went above him and and a lot of other people and the quotes that he actually said that he was told from somebody within clinton's administration was he's afraid if he does go through with disclosure he's going to end up like jackie kennedy Yes. It's going to happen. And so Marilyn they wanted, Monroe. Yeah. And they wanted him to do it instead. And like, actually, we'll have to dive in the Marilyn Monroe thing because that's a, yeah, a that's crazy part of the story, so too. But um, they basically wanted him to move forward with the disclosure. And he was like, well, I'm part of this like nonprofit organization. Like, what significance do I have? And, you know, he's what are you basically telling me that I, I should do this because I'm expendable? And they're like, yeah, you're expendable. Like. Yes. that's it like the president isn't but you are so he's like well that was my first experience of really like figuring out uh where their mindset was with all this stuff and it, it blows my mind like because you even listen to some of the people who talked about Mar marilyn monroe's death and she was going to hold a press conference to all the stuff that supposedly jfk was telling her and it was specifically about the ships from space that had crashed in new mexico like probably referring to roswell and then you know she mysteriously died and since her death it's always been rumored that it wasn't a suicide that there was a lot of suspicious circumstances behind her death so you just you wonder like how many people were victims of this cover-up for so long but then again i asked the question then why now why are they all of a sudden admitting all of it now like do they feel we're ready now like what's happening what's changed that's a really good question i haven't it's weird that i haven't thought about that um 
and going back to like all of the people that have been probably killed off because of the ETs or knowing having too much information, why is Stephen Greer still alive? I, I think at a certain point you reach such a huge status that if they do something to you, it almost validates everything you said. Like some of these people yeah. are completely protected. Like you look at, um, oh geez, what's his name? Uh, Bob. Lazar. Barb Lazar, yeah. Um, everybody trashed this guy for decades. Bob Lazar was supposedly an insider who, he was a um, uh, aeronautics engineer and they brought him into Area 51 to specifically reverse engineer some of the craft they recovered. And th these are all his stories. So back in like the 70s and 80s, he's telling all these stories about the craft that he worked on and he was at this place, not at Area 51, but nearby, another installation that was somewhat nearby. And he talked about like the propulsion and he talked about the fuel that went into these things and no one believed him and he talked about this element i think it was like element 131 or something that actually fueled these things and come to find out within the last like five or ten years they actually isolated that element and now it exists on the periodic table like completely Whoa. vindicating the guy yeah and he's had several other significant th discoveries that have come out since then where they just called him a liar everything else and then years later he gets vindicated because these discoveries come out and it completely validated everything he says i mean the guy turned uh like a corvette and he turned like a regular corvette into like a hydro um a hydrogen powered vehicle like with tanks in the trunk and stuff and he built like a jet powered honda like the guy is legit as far as aeronautics like he knows his engineering so it, there's no doubt but like they destroyed his MIT records, like if you go to MIT, they say he was never there, but there's oh people who my went gosh. to MIT. Yeah, there's people who went to MIT who went to school with him and they're like, oh no, I had classes with him. Like he totally went to school here, but he, there's no records of his transcripts. Like where'd this guy go to school to become such an expert? You don't do that in your backyard. You don't do that tinkering right. in your garage, you know? So it's just, it goes to show you the links that these people went through to cover this up for so long. It just, it, it's mind boggling. That's so interesting. And even on the media, like Stephen Greer says, he's like, I will let you guys know as soon as this happens. But so far, anything you read on the media has a spin. It is twisted yeah. because they're being hired by whoever who wants to keep this under wraps, yeah. which I found really interesting. But man, it's so crazy because he even has like recordings. He has the recording of Marilyn Monroe finding out about the ETs from Jack Kennedy yeah. um, and saying that she's going to go to prep. Press conference, and yeah. then of course she, you know, ends up passing away. Or he has like these letters from the CIA, letters from all these higher ups in all all different kinds of places, and people still don't want to believe it. Yeah, it's it's There's a evidence. paradigm change. Like it's yes. it's a huge change to people's to people's mindsets. But like that has happened throughout history, and that's one thing people need to to remember. Like history completely has repeated itself so many times, and you can't think that right now we're in anything different like way back a long long time ago the earth was the center of the known universe this is the geocentric model of the universe and copernicus is the one who came along and said no the earth is actually going around the sun and everything else isn't revolving around the earth so he basically it was it was um Copernican, uh, Copernican heliocentrism or something like that. So he he basically displaced the Earth from the center of the known universe and created the model where we go around the sun. So then forever, the universe was us going around the sun with a few planets around us and all that <laughs> stuff. But then we discovered 
you know, as telescopes got more advanced and people started studying the stars, something just as simple as like the Andromeda galaxy, that's the nearest galaxy to us. They yeah. called it the Andromeda Nebula back in like the 16, 1700s. It was just a cloud in the sky. But as the telescopes got more advanced, they discovered the center of it was actually different colors. They started to see that it was actually like a galaxy formation. So now the Milky Way wasn't the only game in town. That wasn't the universe because we went from like our solar system to maybe a galaxy like that was the universe. And then this nebula turned out to be a thing. And then this James Webb telescope comes out like we're constantly starting to discover more and more about how absolutely huge the universe is around us. But just when they had to go from like the flat earth model, which some people still haven't walked away from. Right. Um, <laughs> so they there's there's just so much criticism when it comes to a paradigm shift that people just still aren't willing to listen, even if it's on the front page of the New York Times. They're not willing to listen to it until one of these things lands on the front lawn of the White House or something like I, I don't know what it's going to take, but I also like what you said about things in the media. Like you take anything they say with a grain of salt, like absolutely everything, everything. literally everything. <laughs> yeah. People get so hyped about that. I'm like, how can you believe any of this? Like you can't. So um, what you were saying about like people aren't going to believe it unless it just shows up on their lawn. Yeah. So when I was listening to that documentary with, you know, channeling Bashar, Bashar was basically saying that everyone's wondering why don't, like if they're here and they're flying around and they're abducting or whatever, why don't they just show up at our doorstep? And he was saying that because of our 3D vibration, which is you know lower, and these advanced ETs have a higher vibration, if they were literally to walk up to us face to face, we would lose our identity. Because as humans, like that's what we're made up, right? Like we have our ego, we have our identity, we have these attachments and beliefs and personality and all of these things that are this defense mechanism. So people that are, you know, so full of love and are at such a high vibration, it makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. If they were to come up to us and we were to be in that vibration, we would lose our identity and freak the fuck out. Yeah. Like makes one sense. of the easiest ways I can explain this to people, I've heard this explained years ago. So let's picture dimensions real simply, like two dimensions on a piece of paper, right? You got stick man on a piece of paper and he lives on paper land. Like it's two dimensions. He's got length yeah. and width. There's no depth, but here we are in the third dimension. So we're looking at his world from a higher dimension. If we took a ball and went to go and put it into his world at first, that very small point where the ball touches the paper, it's going to look like a little dot on his paper. So it's going to be a small color dot. And as that ball passes through his dimension, it's going to turn into a big ring. And then it's going to get small again as the ball passes through. He's never going to know what a ball looks like. But we were able to sort of dumb down that sphere shape into what he can only comprehend as a circle. We can literally not comprehend what a higher dimension from us looks like. Like talking about it makes most people go, that doesn't exist. There's no higher dimensions. Like... But there is. We've proven a, a bunch of different dimensions. Like we've proven, I mean, they say even time is another dimension. You have the, the you know, 3D, you know, space, height, width, uh, you know, everything of the dimension that we have. But time is the only thing that makes a fourth dimension. And then maybe these beings are fifth, sixth, or seventh. Like they, Nine, they basically 12. have, yeah, and they have to like almost like dumb down their physical existence or whatever their existence is just to show up for us. So, it's it's 
so mind-boggling but it makes sense that what you just said like they have to do something to actually show up here otherwise we'd lose our minds because we can't comprehend it like he wouldn't be able to comprehend the ball going in his dimension totally that's so interesting and also like when i was i told you i think in the last um podcast episode i was telling you that when i learned mediumship um it's the same thing i would have to raise my vibration and loved ones on the other side would have to lower their vibration for us to even communicate Mm -hmm. because their vibration is going so fast and we're so slow. So if we don't match up, there's no command there. We wouldn't be able to communicate. So I guess it's kind of the same thing with ETs or um, any other dimension um, or even remote viewing, I would assume too. Right. Yeah. You know, the one thing that bothers me is the narrative in the, in the media about how they keep on t- saying about if these things are hostile and yeah, you know, if, like, are you kidding me? If they were hostile, as soon as we detonated the first nuke, they'd have been like, "Up, oh, the monkeys got, they got an Uzi, you know, take him, yeah. take him out. Like, why would they wait until we were so, I mean, we're not that advanced at all. I mean, I really think the human species is so primitive. The stuff that I see people do on a daily basis, it's like, so primitive. we're literally like just a, a group of monkeys throwing stuff at people driving by, you know, like, That's so true. but why would they wait until now? Why would they wait until we were more advanced or that we've actually trashed this planet as much as we have? This place is a wreck. Like, why would you want it? That's like waiting for your neighbor to burn the house down before you buy the house. You know, like it doesn't make sense. I have a theory. I have a theory. I feel like we were heading in the direction of, let's call them the greys, or maybe there are other civilizations out there that we're heading in a direction that we are right now. And it's scary. And so I feel like, have you have you ever looked up like star seeds? I'm gonna sound like a fucking crazy person right now. But that's what I dig. So it sound crazy. But yeah, I've, okay. looked, I've listened to it a little bit. Like I've, I've heard some stuff on, on star seeds. Okay, so I feel like us star seeds have come here and incarnated here on earth to raise the vibration of the fam uh, of the planet and help us advance as a civilization, um, and I think the aliens—I don't even like calling them aliens anymore. The ETs are coming in, um, kind of as like a second string to help us, who are ETs who come as um, a higher vibration down into this planet of masters of limitation to be able to help civilization evolve. Mm-hmm. I've heard it explained like that, like if we have to think of things in in terms of energy, right? So Einstein had the the whole saying that energy can't be created or destroyed, it's just, just transferred. So when you think of the physics behind everything, behind scientific theory like that, then that means the energy that is you, the thought process, the consciousness, everything else. It's not just a natural process. Like your energy, everything that is you has to, that, that whole thing that is your consciousness, that had to have come from somewhere before you and it has to go somewhere after you so when people look down and i'm one of the people who does kind of look down on on mediumships a little bit not so much because i don't believe them i just i feel like there are some of the people who um i, I feel like they kind of talk themselves in circles or i feel like they've like they've it could it's too easily faked you know what i'm saying but yeah it's no crazier to think that, you know, I came from wherever my soul came from before incarnated in this body and left than that person tapping into something that hasn't actually been incarnated. It's in between two places, whatever it is, a higher level of consciousness. But it's no crazier to imagine 
something like that animating a person who is a medium for a very short amount of time because like you said they're able to like raise their vibration and they're able to meet in the middle um so who knows like what if we are like zipping across the stars and we're here on this planet because this place is an absolute mess or we're supposed to evolve this this primitive planet in some way shape or form and i like that's what i've understood is like the star seeds like people are here for a purpose to get people to think you know call me a star seed like i've never even thought of it that way but like are there people who are here purposefully that are making people think just a little bit more there's people who are out there on this planet who are doing just a little bit more than the average person who's out there trashing things and not doing things that are good for themselves or the human organism is a is a whole um are those the people who are here to do something to get them to the point where they can comprehend that there's other civilizations out there so their minds don't melt like it did in war of the worlds back in the the 1950s when they did that radio show because people went nuts when they thought there was an alien invasion and they flipped out and they were like flipping couches over and hiding in their houses thinking (laughs) there was a real alien invasion going on for a radio show i'm not sure if you're familiar with that but that was no oh you never heard about that no you've heard of war of the worlds right oh yeah yeah so it was an actual radio show back in the 1950s when they really didn't have tvs it it might have been earlier than that i'm not sure but um it might have been the 30s or 40s but basically uh uh they were reading a story, but it sounded like a regular radio show, like they were playing music, and then all of a sudden, the news guy would break in on a breaking story about like an alien ship that came, and there's a whole bunch of alien ships, and then it would go back to the music, and it was basically, it was just a, it was a shtick, but yeah. people didn't catch the fact that it was just a show. So they're listening to the radio, and then every five or ten minutes, a news update would come up about a new, like another ship, and the tanks are fighting it, and people were flipping out. They thought there was an actual <laughs> alien invasion. Oh, it's crazy! Oh my um, gosh, I'm gonna yeah. look that up after. That was the original like War of the Worlds, that whole thing. But like, obviously, you looked at us at that stage, and we were in that stage for a long time. Like people, the Hollywood glorified like alien invasions and how bad other species might be. So like, you looked at how we reacted to that radio show. And we flipped out like maybe we just weren't ready to this point. And now the government's kind of realizing like, hey, I think the people can you can realize a little bit more of the truth. Like, I don't know. I, I don't trust. I don't either. I don't trust. I it. have a question for you. Yeah. OK, so to get even crazier, I do feel I'm a star seed. I do feel even when I was younger, I was like, I'm not. And I wasn't even a spiritual person. I always felt that I wasn't from here. I always felt like this. This is new, but OK. I'll go for it. But I always felt like even if I incarnated on Earth, it was only a couple times. Have you ever felt that? Because I've talked to other people. They're like, no, I've definitely been here for thousands and thousands of years. But I, I don't feel that way. I've never thought of, of it in that sense. But I have had a feeling my entire life of being sort of out of place, like intellect-wise. Like even as a young kid, when I was in school, I never got like good grades. But my, my teachers always told my parents like that I was – I was super smart, but, and I have, uh, you know, an uncanny sense to remember a lot of stuff. Like you yeah, chatted about ridiculous. that. But yeah. So I'm like, is that old soul type stuff? Is it? Cause I, I don't feel like I have this huge amount of cognitive processing, but I also feel like I have like knowledge. My wife asked me all the time. She's like, how do you know that? I'm like, I don't know. Like, this stuff's just there, but I've never, I felt out of place in that sense, but I've never really actually like pondered, like, do I feel out of place here? But I'll tell you right now, the first thing that I thought about when you and I talked about the Stephen Greer thing that's coming up in Arizona, I'm like, I'm bringing a few valuables with me because I'm going to hold up a sign that says, get me the hell off this rock. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, I'd be there for that sense. I'd pay the ticket to go see Dr. Greer and his show. But like, if that's the ticket off the rock, like, get me out of here. <laughs> Seriously, right? Oh my gosh. You know, there's these um different quizzes and some of them are so dumb. They're like BuzzFeed. Yeah. But um, I did one the other day or maybe it was yesterday, and I did it just for fun, just to see, like, which star seed are you? You know, those dumb questions. You should look it up. But I guess I'm from the Andromeda. How do you say that? Andromeda, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people, <laughs> one of those ETs. <laughs> but like, you should take one. You think of, like, what could have happened, like, even in our, like, let's not even go as far as Andromeda, because that's, I think, like, almost uh, um, two million light years away. So when we look at it, it's what it looked like two million years ago. Um, how about we look at just like the Mars connection because you talked briefly and we were we were kind of like in the run up to this episode talking about Atlantis. So there's theories about how Atlantis, like being a super advanced civilization, it could have been before, um, you know, whatever the cataclysm ended that civilization. There's stories and studies that say that maybe Mars was fully inhabited. And, you know, we were seeing different things on rovers and all that kind of stuff. There's people picking stuff up all the time there's there's some studies that say that maybe we actually had a cataclysm there and they think that there was another planet where the asteroid belt is now because there's actually a couple of celestial bodies that are in the asteroid belt like Ceres it's an actual planet that's in the asteroid belt it's an actual planet they think maybe that was the moon to a larger planet that was there and they think that Mars and that planet may be warred those two planets may have been inhabited because Mars has uh, a nuclear signature on it there's like some um what yeah there's a radioactive signature that's it's a it's a xenon gas that is it, it can only actually form when a nuclear explosion happens and it's something like like two and a half times the amount that an actual nuclear explosion on earth was measured at so when these these rovers went there they're detecting this radioactive fallout that can only happen from a known nuclear explosion but it would have had to have been two or three times bigger than any explosion we've ever seen on earth so there's evidence of like nuclear war that's fully in wow. nasa's records that would have happened on mars and there was a um a study about the 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 huge canyon that's on Mars. It's it's yeah. weird. Like it's big and it's straight. They actually talked about how massive. That thing, yeah, it, it, they talked massive. about how that thing is more the the shape of it and the way that it looks like it's formed looks more like the scar from an electrical arc than it looks like a formed canyon because it's so straight. So and of course, like the sides have formed into canyons because some sort of water like went into that, but they discussed like in this whole theory of this whole i think it was like a, a movie or documentary that i that i watched um so much stuff is in there i can't remember where it came from but they said like, <laughs> there's theories of that maybe that planet lost the war but mars was so bad that we end up having to leave there and come here and resettle and think about it like if we had to leave the planet with maybe like 50 people 20 people and we had to get into ships and land like how would we recreate like we'd have some idea but could we land on another planet and make an iphone you know like we would have an idea of like how to maybe make electricity and after a few hundred years we could maybe try to develop a civilization but we'd be leaving home with like the the clothes on our backs and like a few different things in our technology like imagine if that actually happened but let's say there was billions of people living on that planet where did those souls happen to go you know like makes you wonder all these different things that could have happened like you talk about sar seeds but 
where did those potential souls go if that energy can't be created or, or can't be destroyed it get transferred where to get transferred to like right yeah. yeah wait so what were you gonna say about atlantis so like is I... that was that the settlement that came here after oh, things oh, got destroyed okay. there like that was yeah. part of the theories that i saw in this documentary so i mean it was pretty far out there but it still makes you ask what if like they line up all these different facts of what could actually happen so i mean it's 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 crazy to think about but we've also seen this planet get destroyed like five times we've had five serious cataclysms that have ended life on this planet so just we've had to restart many times how do we know we haven't bounced back and forth on these other planets i mean they found uh records of human beings here long before the 200 300 years that they say we've developed from like caveman times so oh yeah it's crazy yeah, yeah. stuff that is crazy was it you that were you were telling me about um the water that's on the pyramids and how it could have been taken out of atlantis and placed in egypt because they were so close so something similar to that something? so the sphinx has watermarks on it from what i mean it's in the desert the last time that there was significant waterfall in that area was like twelve thousand years ago it's water erosion on the sphinx so they actually the the egyptian government doesn't allow people to study the sphinx anymore up close because some of these things are completely displacing the quran and the, the government's very much oh. yeah so it's um they've like halted people doing studies when you're there you're very like limited to where you can go around that thing but the water erosion marks go along the sides and they've totally determined it's water erosion so the last time that thing had water on it was twelve thousand years ago that completely destroys the dynastic egyptian legacy never happened that way so i think that sphinx was put there twelve thousand thirteen fourteen thousand years ago which puts us back in the time frame of atlantis um, and then when the Egyptian culture sort of settled there, that's why the head is so defined, but the body's kind of a, a eroded wreck because they only carved that head three, 4,000 years ago on an existing sculpture that was there. And then, you know, maybe build other pyramids that look like the Great Pyramid, but that Great Pyramid, its engineering is like something they, it's completely different from the other ones that are nearby. So there's just so much we don't know, so so much oh, i just want to know all of it there's this egyptologist and he was saying how he believes that atlantis was part of egypt and then of course you know as the civilization fell into the water um what was left or you know they had to climb out and uh were part of egypt and that's why in some of the temples they have these atlantean glyphs mm -hmm. have you seen that yeah yeah of these like atlantean god type people on these temples which is fascinating yeah like their god of knowledge thoth was also supposed to have been like basically they think he lived for thousands of years and he's the one with the bird head he has like the uh, head of yeah, an anubis yeah. so he um they think he is also hermes trismegistus where the hermetic principles came from in ancient oh greece my gosh. so they think he like went from atlantis and he was a survivor in Egypt, and he's one who he's supposedly the architect of the pyramids. And then he went on from Egypt to go to Greece and was just literally everywhere this particular person went to, it was just like this god of knowledge just knew this and knew that and knew that. And that's why Hermes Trismegistus, that name means three times great. Trismegistus. Wow. So they think that that was like his 
not third incarnation, but like the third person that he was called. Like he was whatever in Atlantis, and then he came to Egypt, and then he went to Greece. Like it's a fascinating story, but his knowledge was insane. Like the Hermetic principles are something I've looked into in depth and done a few episodes about. And um, yeah, it's like where do these people come from? Like where did the knowledge come from? Like we we're supposedly making cave drawings and and you know like carrying <laughs> clubs around back then. Like. <laughs> You know what's interesting is I think the same temple, or of course it's in Egypt, maybe it's around it, um, the Egyptologist, or maybe it was a different researcher, they basically went into this temple that had seven different rooms. And in the rooms there were the, these doors that led to nowhere. But on the glyphs it was basically saying that this door is a stargate to other dimensions, which I found really interesting. And these researchers, I mean scientists are very like analytical, but they walked in these temples and it's happened to so many different people when they walk in and they have these visions of these priests in white robes, like they're clairvoyant visions when they walk in of these priests, you know, walking around in white robes with this like white cake looking. Have you heard of this before? No. Okay, I'll send you the video because it's fascinating. I don't really even know what I'm talking about, but I just thought it was interesting that, um, you know, how like there's people that think, you know, the pyramids are spaceships or at least have some type of advanced technology. Right. Um, I just found it interesting that these doors led to nowhere, yet they are a stargate for different dimensions. Mm -hmm. And if ETs actually can, I mean, because they don't travel at the speed of light because that's actually very slow. If they, they're traveling within... You probably know more about this than I do. If they're traveling within a dimension, do you know what I'm talking about? Can you explain this? Yeah, like, so you're talking about, like, um, almost like Stargate's interdimensional travel, but also that um, entanglement, quantum entanglement. Because they talk about not yes. only how they travel, but how they communicate. Because if they're from even a thousand light years away, which is still considered our local neighborhood, I mean the closest star to us is four light years away so a radio signal sent from earth right now if you said hi four years from now they would get it and they would say hi back it take eight yeah. years just for a one round trip message of sending and receiving just to the right. nearest star never mind if they're a thousand years away like you say hi and you got the message back you're talking two thousand years that's like time of jesus that you started your message and you got it back like it does there's no way it can work that way so in the theories of quantum entanglement is every particle is completely connected all at once everywhere and they found yes. a way to tap into that that universal law that 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 piece of technology so they're able to literally bring every point everywhere to the now which means likely they're able to do time travel like they're able to do a whole bunch of different stuff but it, the the vastness like it's crazy that the vastness that we look at light years is still too unadvanced. It's too, too advanced for us to still travel at the speed of light and get there. It's too less advanced for what these civilizations probably are able to do because there's no way they could travel those distances in such a, a long period of time. Like they couldn't communicate back with their home civilization right. and stuff. So, you know, that's where they've thrown those theories of quantum entanglement where, you know, the, they've split particles 
and they found that those particles can be completely entangled. They could be a million miles away from each other and they vibrate one and the other one vibrates at the same time, which exceeds the speed of light. And it, it baffled Einstein so much that he called it spooky action at a distance. Like he couldn't come <laughs> up with a name for it. But since then we've discovered oh, yeah. that it's called quantum entanglement. Um, but yeah, th those are the theories. Like they must have something tapped into that because it doesn't make sense that they would be able to travel these huge distances. It just, it's, it's not feasible that they would do that. Dude, your brain is like an encyclopedia. <laughs> I, I bet you I could just like bring up any topic and you can just ramble on about it. <laughs> Mind blowing. My brother's Which like Which is that why too. I have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I could watch something a hundred times and retain like one piece of information and be like, yeah. that was, that was such a cool thing. And I get the concept, but I wouldn't be able to like tell you. That's why I was like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah quantum entanglement. <laughs> yeah. That thing. That thing. That thing. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I could I, I I geek out on this stuff though. Like while I'm outside, if I'm you know I have this huge property, so I'm out there doing things, cutting trees down and splitting wood and building walls. I'm doing all, I'm listening to this stuff all the time. If I'm at work, I have it just playing in the background, and I'll think of like usually at the end of my day, like who did I interact with, what did I learn. Like I'll think of the things that I wasn't even aware that I was listening to, but I knew I had them playing on like guy or whatever. Like I was listening to what? Stephen Greer today and I pulled out some of the most recent stuff. And I think that Clinton conversation was part of that conversation. So that was kind of like fresh on my mind. Yeah. It's, 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 it's amazing. Like our brains pick up on stuff. It's like, we just have to tap into it in a certain way. Like they say that you can do hypnotic regression. You you actually said it on our last episode. Like we take in all these bits of data and we only recall certain amounts of it, but it's all there. It's just yeah. the level of perception. When you get brought into hypnotic regression, it's like, yes, you and I were talking, but there was a conversation over there happening at the same time. And that hypnotic regression allows you to like turn your head in that moment when you weren't actually looking in that direction, but you still observed it. So you'd be surprised. Like I bet if I you know. tapped in, if you, you, get, you always talk about the presence, but you bring in like a hyper awareness during that presence. And that's what right. sort of lets you retain the information. That's so true. Well, when you were saying that, I was like, what's going to pop up? Like, I was just, you know, I kind of questioned myself. I'm like going off of what you were just saying. And the first thing that came to mind, especially when you said Dr. Greer, uh, or Dr. Stephen Greer in his, um, on Amazon, you know, encounters of the, uh, the fifth kind called? yeah of the fifth kind yeah that's a crazy movie like if you guys haven't seen that you don't need a met like amazon you need to have like you don't have to go buy a membership to gaia but if you haven't seen that movie that encounters the fifth kind it's awesome definitely Ama it's amazing yeah. do you remember those like the science uh i'm gonna call them science projects but they're religious <laughs> legit scientists <laughs> do you remember those because they were talking about consciousness and basically yeah. in a small room they would put a plant in one of the corners and they would put this lamp that could you know turn this lamp in the middle of the room and a generator with ones and zeros yeah uh, we do the binary is, code yeah yeah <laughs> um and basically turn off the lights yeah and this lamp um would end up finding the plant i mean way more times than not yeah which i found really interesting and how consciousness like without us even looking the plant and the light their consciousness will come together and it just shows that even plants have consciousness mm -hmm. like you it's not just humans and, and yeah. this, oh that's what i wanted to tell you about oh my gosh let's go this is so crazy i hope i can explain this really well okay so there's this let me just hold on let me just pull this up real quick because i'm okay. definitely going to keep a note because i want to dive off of that that um 
conversation about the the plants real quick because oh, that dives that into first. something else that Stephen Greer said. But oh, go ahead. Okay, well, it just kind of goes based on consciousness. But when I was um, listening to the um, channeling of Bashar, um, he was basically saying, you know, we want to connect with ET so badly, and you know, Steve, Dr. Stephen Greer, he's one of the people that are facilitating that, of course, and these other channelers. Um, and as a human race, we definitely have the capability of doing that. But something that, oh, sorry, one second. You hear that? It, your phone might be too close to the microphone. It might be mine as well. Oh, interesting. Okay, maybe that's better. Um, where was I? What was I saying? Um, okay, so, yeah. Yeah, so basically, you know, connecting with ETs is possible, but where we can start is with the only ETs that are already on our Earth, which mm -hmm. dolphins, you know, there's so many studies about this. But what I found interesting was basically saying all languages does not matter what language on Earth. Um, if you were to put this language on a graph, they all complete a 45 degree angle. Yeah. And they studied um, cert, uh, humpback whales or certain whales and also dolphins and dolphins also because they have that um, whistling language, they studied this, put it on a graph, also a 45 degree angle. Yeah. They also found that as babies, human babies, you know, when we're learning to speak language and um, we babble, right? They found that dolphins do the same thing. Hmm. They babble and they're at a flat line on the graph. And as soon as they learn the language about 20 months, it's the same exact time with human babies, 45 degree angle. That's crazy fascinating I think I that like, pretty well. you even talk about like the plants in the study though they they dive even further down to say that um they've done studies of trees in the woods and when someone's cutting down a tree in one area like that entire network of all the fibrous roots like one tree a mile away is technically still touching another tree in the woods because it's all a fibrous network and they found that like like there's like fungus that grows in certain areas that creates like miles long networks, almost like a neural network. It's one huge organism that spans over miles. And they have actually done studies on trees and the sounds of chainsaws will communicate through numerous trees. They'll get radio lot like, like um, electronic readouts from trees that are nearby that aren't even touching the, the that aren't even near the chainsaw it's almost like a warning signal or like they're all like oh geez like some there's some sort of disturbance or distress like i've seen stories about that and then i'm also seen where um I, I think it was in masaro yamoto's study of water it may have been in that one where this guy does a study of water and plays music and the things freeze in different types of crystals depending on like heavy metal music or saying i hate you versus oh yeah, yeah. So they get into that with like some plants and stuff and they actually did a whole bunch of stuff like they actually microwaved water and poured it in one plant like let it cool off obviously but then poured it in a plant and it killed it but then gave the same exact type of plant fresh water and the plant that was given microwaved but cooled water died in 30 days like there's so much stuff that we don't realize that's vibrational that goes all the wow. way through yeah like i literally don't have a microwave in my house because of that study <laughs> like our really? microwave yeah we don't have a microwave um totally hippied out but <laughs> <laughs> people pop, come over with like <laughs> yeah we, they come over with like dinner parties and sometimes they want to heat something up how do we heat it up oh we got the toaster oven <laughs> people come over with their phones you're like get that out of here get that out of here um no, but like they've had studies about um, about plants and they've even done 
tests with sound and music and stuff like that and found that plants will actually react in certain ways to different wavelengths of sound and even different talk like people talk to their plants and people think that's completely out of you know but consciousness matters and where this relates to like the et conversation is in some of the i don't know how much of this the series um the c5 contact series with Stephen greer but he talks about when he takes these people on these like quote-unquote expeditions that they get out there and they start seeing stuff you know they're out in the middle of the desert like they're, they're going to scottsdale arizona this fall um and if you're interested check that out because i'm sure it's going to be an awesome thing but the um they go out there and they've had some people freak out when they start to see stuff like they get all this stuff on video like they get these things coming in they've had orbs go right through the crowd of them sitting there they got 20 or 30 people so people will freak out and whatever it is disappears he's like no like that's the point of his seminars that he holds because he does it for several days like yes you have to understand consciousness and then you have to spend some time conditioning and grasping your own consciousness and that's how he gets people to meditate why he does meditations before he takes them out to like observe or make contact because if these things detect that you're not ready if you're you know like the vibration we, of beer yeah like we've seen things when we've been out in the yard like we've had people over for fire just last weekend and we saw like something kind of nuts go over us and it wasn't like a shooting star it was very slow but got very bright and yes. it was like how worked up people get when they see something they don't recognize like that's almost like the monkeys running at the airplane you know like <laughs> it's it's them freaking out they're just like oh my god oh my god like people freak out and he has said that in his seminars he's had to tell people like you just scared off whatever that was and i mean they've got some crazy pictures like they have actual entities that have like materialized in front like of them they 12th, have pictures of it yeah dimension yeah those are oh, that's that that was like yeah anybody listening like please go watch that it's on amazon that is one of the most amazing documentaries i've Absolutely. ever seen i'm so happy that you told me to watch that yeah because like okay so in 2020 I had my own encounter of the fifth kind, and um, I was I was driving very slowly. I, I was just on a road, you know, coming up to a stoplight, and I look up, and all of a sudden I see I'm not joking, a massive ship, massive, and it's going really slowly in the air, and then something shoots off of it, and then they both disappear. And I call up my, you know, I text my group of spiritual friends, and I'm like, guys, I just saw this, blah blah, and my friend on the other side of the town saw the same thing no way yeah she saw the same thing like i'm not crazy and then um i think within that week i was just like so amazed i'm like why did that just show up in gilbert arizona and this is before i even knew of like the phoenix lights and yeah. i remember looking over because i'm really close you know phoenix is the valley it's it's very um big but small and you mm-hmm. can see south mountain with the lights on top and i remember seeing this like gust of like like not fog but fog but it was mm-hmm. just over the tips and we don't get that in Arizona. <laughs> if you get fog, you get it like really low to the ground. Right. And I see these little things and if they're not planes, they're not helicopters. They're just these little like UFO things, just go, you know, swerving in and out of the, the fog. And, and that's the moment where I was like, guys, like go look at South mountain. Like I swear those are spaceships. And ever since I felt really connected. And I remember even that week looking up in the sky during the day, and being like talking to ETs, talking to myself basically, but talking to ETs and being like, is this real? Is this real? And a spaceship shows up and disappears. It's like, and then disappears. And that was the last time I saw anything. But, and then of course you're getting me into all this stuff. And I'm like, I got to go to that thing in September. Especially I know. You're right my doorstep. there. It's yeah. literally on your doorstep. 
Yeah. You guys get but, all sorts of funky stuff that happens out there. I mean, you guys are in the midst of like the, you know, the Phoenix Lights was one of the most famous ones, but you, you're like, you're near Area 51, you're near all these other sites and stuff that happen out there. And there's so many awesome um, sightings that happen out that way. And then I was like, I was like ho-humming about this to somebody this past weekend <laughs> about how like, how come nothing ever happens out here? And they like pulled up an article for me in the middle of this conversation, and they showed me that like New England's one of the biggest hotspots. I'm like, oh, it is. It's apparently they're just not near us, but like one of the most famous cases was in like an hour away from here with Betty and Barney Hill. It was like one of the first documented abduction cases that happened in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. So like there is funky stuff that happens around here. I just I've had one experience, and I can't even say what it was because it was I was like. 20 years old it was like my first year in police work i was out by myself i'm working this really small town like smaller than where i live now and i'm in the middle of nowhere we're like checking on reservoirs after 9 11 and i'm going up this really like wooded area and you get to the top of this hill and you'd have to like turn around to the top of this hill near a reservoir and head back down the hill you just had to make sure people weren't up there like poisoning the water supply in this town of like you know five thousand people yeah it was like it was just <laughs> terrorism threats and all that. So I get up there and I'm talking. This is like five miles from the nearest house. It's in the middle of nowhere, and I couldn't see what it was that went over me. I just know that like, like you ever see a fireball, like an actual fireball fall from the sky, like when a when a debris oh, yeah. falls from space, like it turns like a bluish green color. It was like that, but you could tell it was moving because you could see the shadows of the trees on the road move so you can tell whatever it was it was directly over my head but the, the cruiser shut off so whatever it was must have had like some like yeah like the, the cruiser just legit shot off as i'm doing this u-turn and i'm like starting to face downhill and i'm like rocking the car i'm like go go okay <laughs> and as, see, as okay. i start to get going the electrics like electronics came back on i put it in neutral started the car up and i just flew like it rattled the hell out of me but like I didn't actually see an object, but something 100% went over. And I've talked to someone about this before that who knows about these kind of things. But like, yeah, it could have been debris falling from space that created like a like an electric field that would have made your piece of crap car like short out or something. Like it had been pretty close. But I'm like, yeah, it was close. Like it was super bright. It lit up the whole sky. But that was like the only other than like we've seen little like what was that like the slow falling thing we saw over the weekend but i've never seen anything where it was like a triangle or a saucer like i've never seen anything like that before so i'm a complete skeptic like i'm open-minded but still until i like see something then i don't know but it's funny you mentioned that story about that fog because stephen greer said the same thing in one of his expeditions that a cloud showed up and it just literally didn't move even though all the other clouds were moving in a certain direction and the thing just hung over the group and there were some lights going around the outside. It was almost exactly what you just described. Yeah, I did. So this happened, you know, in 2020 and I just watched this documentary and I remember him saying that and I immediately thought of that, that incident because I was like, there's how, like the similarities, like I don't see this as a coincidence here. Like, and it especially helps me because like, I, I kind of sound a little crazy. I'm like, I saw a spaceship. I'm like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> Nobody would believe me. Yeah. <laughs> they would want yeah. to, but you know, everyone's a little skeptical, of course. I think people are, are becoming a little bit more open-minded. I mean, there's, like I said, I said something to, uh, to someone at work and then they looked it up for themselves and they're seeing it. And the agenda with the media and the government, I don't know if it's just literally like they're, they're done hiding the secret and they're ready to like, they've got bigger fish to fry. I mean, Greer talks about it all the time where they want these these this thing to be known so we can kind of move on and progress and not be so afraid. 
um and even religions like the major religions are admitting like this is this is something that could be a possibility when before they were like oh no that that can't exist wait are they really yeah like the vatican is is has their own telescope i mean the vatican's a little wonky like that's a whole religious (laughs) conspiracy thing sometime that maybe we should talk about it might it might offend some of the the christian catholic type followers but um yeah the vatican's no bueno there's a lot of stuff going on over there that's not good but they have a they have their own telescope like they actually own a telescope happens to be called lucifer but they own a telescope oh yeah (laughs) lucifer (laughs) don't get me started on the vatican um but yeah like they've the the pope has actually come out and made comments about extraterrestrial life and stuff like that when before it was like completely forbidden like it went against all of their old school trains of thought on extraterrestrial life so the paradigm's changing but again i don't trust it and even greer has said like these these i said from the beginning those tic-tac ufos that the government seems to want to talk about all the time it looks like an apple product like it literally looks like an an airpod case like it's this small little white thing that like zips across the sky like i just to me it doesn't look alien it looks like something that we developed and it looks like it's marketed by apple you know do you remember Greer talking about, and he even had somebody on the show that was from the military staging yeah. UFOs and abductions yeah. Yeah. to scare people? Yep. That is so mind-blowing to me. Yep. Like, that is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Aliens aren't crazy. That shit's crazy. That shit's crazy. And the fact that they're trying to, like... Have you ever heard of... Um... Go ahead. Are we lagging? Yeah, a little bit. Go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> the just basically just the disclosure part of it is what bothers me the most like they're starting to disclose a little bit more but it seems like it's like super it's it's a little too much too fast all of a sudden so it just makes you ask why like what is it all of a sudden that they're they're trying to dump on everybody and if if they're saying it in one instance you almost always have to look the other way like if they're saying one thing look the other way and they're always building this narrative of like are they hostile and it's like get over that part like i don't think that's anything that's of any validity at all have you heard about this theory with like the reptilian species yeah like i've heard a lot of nasty stuff about them that they're they're a no good one yeah this okay so this is on gaia and these are i was just looking up like different star seeds there's 27 that they list even on Gaia wow. and one of them is a reptilian. And I just want to read this because I find it really interesting. And when I was, this is actually before I was spiritual, knew about intuition, knew about all this stuff. I remember thinking like, Oh, I'm curious about aliens. And I was really bored at work and I spent, and I'm not joking. I spent seven hours on my computer researching on different websites, reading about stories and all kinds of stuff. And I remember coming across the reptilians and being like, this is, this is wild. And it's funny that it's even on Gaia because mm-hmm. they have a director of evidence. Like they have to like, they're not going to put BS stuff on. Yeah. There, they right? have to vet all those stories. Yes. And this says, you know, they're lizard people, draconians, they're shapeshifters that seek to control earth in the pursuit of selfish benefit. And um, David Ick has reported on the reptilians, noting that they seek political power on earth to manipulate human societies, cultures, and human development. Hmm. That explains Kinda Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> so many of them, right? I know. It explains a majority of Washington, D.C., that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've heard all sorts of crazy stuff about the different species and why they might be here. I mean, I've even heard as much of, like, you kind of went down the road a little bit of the greys. Like, are they from the future? Are they studying us because they're uh, descendants of us? I've heard theories that they're not actually extraterrestrial. They're just from a, a time in the future. Like, if we messed up the surface of this planet enough and we had to go underground and we just literally were down there with no sunlight, um, we we didn't need to develop a bunch of the different stuff that we would evolve into over the next like hundred thousand years. We're just down there. We're living life. We're developing technologies. You know, eventually we come out with all these technologies that we're seeing, but would our eyes get bigger through evolution because we needed to pull more unnatural light? Like we didn't have the sun there. So naturally, you know, like you, you look at like Easter Island where the finches that evolved from the, some of the species that they found like skeletal remains, the finches had smaller beaks and like human beings are supposedly getting bigger. We're living longer. Like a lot of that's through medical science and stuff, but like the evolution that happens, like is, are they evolved from us? Cause we trashed the planet and we had to go underground for a couple hundred thousand years. And now they're coming back to figure out when exactly did they screw it up in their past? Like I've heard those theories too. Like it all just like blows your mind when you think about it. I know it is really mind blowing. But I I've mean, heard yeah. the reptilians like look at us almost like a, like a cattle crop too. Like that's even, cre that's creepy. I don't even want to think about it, but they're like, oh yeah, all these millions of people go missing all the time. And how is it any different to look at what they would do if that was the case as to what we do with like cattle and chicken and stuff. We're just like a lesser conscious being than they are. And I'm like, oh my God, that's going down roads. I don't even want to think of, but. It's seriously though. And it's so interesting because, I mean, it's kind of fun to just like, what if, because if yeah. that would be true and that they are like seeking control of our um, government and, and basically they don't want us to advance, advance as a civilization, then that could <laughs> make sense that they are cropping us. Um, it would make sense to like what they're cattle. doing with the world right now, though, too, because it seems like they're purposely screwing things up and like it's, making us. It's crazy right now. Yeah, not advancing. It's crazy. Have you seen the movie um, Jupiter Ascending? No, I've heard that what? one's awesome. Yeah, I have not oh, seen my... that one. Oh, I don't want to tell you anything then. Never mind. Yeah, don't spoil it. Even though yeah. we've literally spoiled everything that everyone hasn't <laughs> seen this whole episode. <laughs> so true. I'm sorry, guys. Actually, we sorry. didn't spoil much of like the Stephen Greer movies and stuff. We've given him teasers about it. True, but true. Is So is that movie, is it a documentary or is it like a, a fiction, like science fiction? Yeah, it's science fiction. It is. So it's with Mila Kunis and um, Channing Tatum. But okay. which, I mean, Mila Kunis is great. You would think Channing Tatum in that kind of movie, you'd be like, what? But it's actually really good. Yeah, I got to check it out. Yeah, I think you that's would like my, it. That's on my list. Whenever I get to sit and like actually watch a movie, I got to check that one out. What? Dude, just stop adding stuff to your to your list of things that you have to do. I know. I All know. your duties. I know. <laughs> so much stuff. I just like I watch short shows because I just I don't sit and watch TV for long enough to actually like sit. I mean, some movies and stuff like that. But if uh, so to wrap up our conversation, like say you went to that, say you went to that event and they offered you the chance like you were going to go out there and there was the chance that you were going to go out there and, and get pluck, plucked up by something and maybe not come back. Like what choice do you make? Do you stay here or do you take that opportunity? I would stay here. Yeah. Yeah, I would stay here. I feel like I, I mean, even from like very young age, like I always felt like I had a huge mission and 
I even wrote this on Facebook the other day, like within my group. And I was like, man, like the choices that I've made and like even calling my group conscious leaders, naming my um, business I Am Moonchild that I would never, ever name that. Like that's such a dumb name, to be honest, but it is what it is. It came through, bought the domain, like right then and there. Um, But even other choices that I've made, I've always known that I've had a huge mission on earth. And until recently, I didn't realize it had to do with consciousness. And I Mm. think that's why I'm getting so um, not only into consciousness, but also into the ETs. And like, it's just all these events are coming together for a specific purpose. And if I was to leave, like, who knows what would happen? (laughs) The earth would. (laughs) I'm making myself sound so important. (laughs) You make yourself sound like you, you, it's like, you know what your purpose is, or at least you know in what direction your purpose is. Like, I think that's half the battle that a lot of people don't figure out. And I think, you know, yeah, we're going off the deep end on all these different subjects, talking about (laughs) reptilians and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately in the end, the what ifs make you ask enough questions to to basically figure out what is your purpose you know you have all these different so when you ask the what ifs you start to dive into something that extremely interests you and then when you dive into something that interests you you get passionate about it so when you open your mind up to every possible potential of where your life could go and then one of those spots you know it's like a it's like a like a I don't know like a wayfinder like you got this little thing and, and you're pointing it around like I don't know Pokemon Go like you're pointing the thing around and <laughs> you end up seeing something point in a certain direction and that's the most compelling direction and you move in that direction because you're inspired to like that's how your life unfolds so whether it's like aliens that that gets you pumped up and like Stephen Greer he never in his early stories he says this is never an area I would have ever thought I would have moved into and now. He's almost like become thrust out there, even by people that are supposedly in the know, like people that are in power. Like, you know a lot about this stuff. Get out there and tell the public because we don't want to do it because then it's official. But if you like warm the crowd up for us, when things start flying overhead, he's going to be like, oh, wait a minute. No, this dude told you this a while ago. Like He's been saying it for 20 years. Like, yeah. That's what he said. Perfectly says. designed. Yeah. And he did it by moving on an interest and a passion. So like that's exactly what you're talking about like you're you're talking about wanting to stay here because you're finding you're using your wayfinder right now to find a complete passion and purpose so to pull the ripcord and hit the ejection seat and get out of here <laughs> you know ask me that like six years ago i'd be like yeah take me yeah get me out of here let's yeah let's go <laughs> would you go would you go if I had my loved ones with me, if I had a, a few key people like right around yeah. me, like luggage would be right there by my side. And I'd be like, I want to go see what else is out there, man. This, this, <laughs> I can see where this place is going right now. Maybe I'll come back and visit and say hi. But even if they, that's not a possibility. <laughs> okay. And my second question is, if, if you were to go and, and Dr. Stephen Greer was like, hey, I want you to lead one of the CE5 circles of contact would you do it oh absolutely 100 percent. oh okay oh, yeah i would absolutely like i i have had like the little spine tingles whenever i've seen stuff like i have definitely like we live pretty far out in the woods so i mean i've we've been out there at night staring at the stars and we've seen even with my kid like he looks at me with some of this stuff me and my wife are into all these kind of things and watch shows yeah. on us. and he'll look and he's just like oh geez here we go you know he's almost 15 years old but i've been out on his trampoline with him at like just after dark and we're out there screwing around so we can barely see anymore and we're tired and we're huffing and puffing we're laying on our backs and we've seen some crazy stuff and he came inside and he told his he's like mom we saw this 
this. And oh. like as they're going over it, like it was an it was obvious enough that it wasn't something I've ever seen before, and it gave me chills. Like even a few weeks ago, I saw Elon Musk's Starlink chain of um, satellites go over. If you haven't seen, that, oh yeah, like, it literally it. looked like a fleet of UFOs. Yeah, so it's even crazy. as that thing's going over, like it gave me like chills in the back of my neck. I'm like, what is that? And then oh, that's probably Starlink. And I actually looked it up, and it was like it was going over right at that moment. So. So, uh, this is a dumb question because the the satellites they can't stop, right? No, I mean they're they're moving me, at like forty thousand miles an hour. One more thing that I saw in the sky was a lineup of different ships, and they just they were there for hours. And I remember yeah. even in um, his document uh, Greer's documentary, there was something out there was something similar that he had filmed as well, or somebody else had filmed. But this happened in Gilbert as well. See, there's a reason why he's bringing his show to your front door though like you have to go to this thing i know i want to i want to i wonder if they're lying when they're like spots will go fast because yeah. like i bet you they will because i mean he's he's like all over the place now i don't do you remember what the dates were by any chance uh september 16th 17th 18th 19th, my birthday is the 20th so that could be a that could birthday, be a birthday trip. present yeah and by the and way today today is moon day so it's kind of coincidental that we had to reschedule this interview for today because today it like popped up on my computer as we were logging on. I'm like, I, I got to tell her that before she goes because you said like I am moon child popped up is like you were never expecting that. And I'm like, oh, I got to tell her today's moon day. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. interesting that we did the uh, alien episode on moon day. They supposedly saw crap when they were they were up there, too. They saw stuff on the edge of a crater. They had. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. They had like. uh radio operators on earth that like heard some of the transmissions that happen on alternate channels and intercepted some messages and they heard them talking like oh they they're at the edge of the crater they're looking right at us like we're not up here alone what? yeah and some of the astronauts have admitted like yeah those stories circulated through nasa after they got back and if you look at the astronauts after they got back from that mission they look defeated like terrified so either a they were lying about their trip which everybody has those theories or b they saw something they they don't look like proud guys that just accomplished this mega feat of engineering mastery and made history like they came back and they look shook i'm gonna look that up that's yeah, wild because there's even that um i don't know if it's like a military person that you know that like it's a, like a famous recording of this military guy being like i don't know what that is but that ain't no you know uh airplane or do you know what i'm talking about i i think i know i don't know what it was what incident that one was too but, but... it was a u it was a ufo that was just um flying in their airspace or whatever and yeah i'm gonna look that up you should have like a little recording of that as well see if i can find that one yeah you'll have to send it to me if you can find it okay <laughs> all right alexis i'm gonna wrap this one up this has been a cool conversation we're gonna we're gonna wow. do this kind of stuff like i talk about so much inspirational stuff and then we'll dive into consciousness but like this was this was all over the road like i would love to, i love having these conversations that just it, it literally just makes you ask the what ifs in life and then you know if out of this entire conversation somebody does go and watch greer's programs even if they get onto gaia it's like this has opened up that door where if they watch some of, of Greer's stuff on gaia i think they have like free memberships like they have free trial memberships um people go on there and they would see what other stuff there is and it's like all the stuff I talk about on this show and it opens up your mind to just like all these different potentials and whatever else goes on so 
If anything, that's like raising the vibration of the planet. That's maybe 100%. my purpose why I'm here. Maybe I should like pass up the ride if I get offered and stay here and keep doing this podcast. <laughs> I think it's gonna I think it's gonna explode from here, man. I yeah. think you got a, a huge purpose in life. For sure. Who, who would have known? Who would have known? known? Alexis <laughs> knew. That's why she brought the hat today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I get love one it. of those. I know, I'll have my friend. She made this. Seriously? Yeah, oh, you gotta get did. me one. You gotta she, get me one. Yeah, you like? I mean, it's I, pretty girly. She can make a masculine one. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm wearing like a pink shirt almost today, so I'm not. I'm not too proud. True. It takes a real man <laughs> to wear something girly. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Heath. All right, Alexis. We'll talk to you. All right. And if you have an interesting or inspiring story to tell, and you want to reach out, you can email me at connect at livethislife.org. And please don't forget about those ratings and reviews on whatever platforms you're listening on. Give us a like, subscribe, and most of all, don't forget to keep living.